Hello there, it's great to see you again. Welcome back to MLEX's weekly podcast covering the top stories in regulatory affairs with the assistance of our team of reporters around the world. My name is James Paniki. I'm a senior editor here at MLEX. And strap yourself in for today's podcast because we're taking a deep dive into the politics of data protection. As everyone familiar with Europe knows only too well, Belgium is a country with many levels of government and many political and cultural divisions. But what happens when the strongly contested politics of an EU member state, such as Belgium, spill over into EU regulation and the institutions established under that regulation? The recent turmoil at the heart of Belgium's Data Protection Authority, or DPA, offers us an interesting case study into the challenges of implementing EU policy, particularly policy that's as significant as the General Data Protection Regulation, or GDPR. Our Brussels-based correspondent Nicholas Wallace has written a fantastic account of the turmoil at the Belgian DPA, and he joins us now from the capital of the peaceable kingdom. Uh, Nicholas, we've seen a big shake-up at the top of Belgium's DPA. Two senior figures have been fired. Several other officials have resigned. Now, for the benefit of those of us who are perhaps unfamiliar with uh, Belgian political machinations, tell us in, in very general terms what has happened. So this has been a very long story that's unfolded over a few years now, but What happened fundamentally was there was a concern at the Belgian Data Protection Authority about conflicts of interest. So the DPA in its current form was established in 2018 uh, after the EU's General Data Protection Regulation took effect. Um, It replaced an older body called the Belgian Privacy Commission, which was similar in some ways, but the main difference between them was the DPA has teeth. Um, It has enforcement powers, whereas... Um, the, the Belgian Privacy Commission was more a kind of an, an advisory body um, for the for the government. The new body had five directors at the top. Listeners might know that Belgium doesn't have a single national language, and its whole kind of constitutional order is is built around that fact. The so the five directors were three. Dutch-speaking men, two of them Flemish, one a Dutchman, and two French-speaking women. Now, they took office in 2019, a year after the authority was uh, created. There was um, a caretaker before that. And very soon after coming in, the two French-speaking women, uh, Charlotte Derep and Alexandre Jaspard, began raising concerns about uh, a long-serving advisor at the authority who'd also been at the commission beforehand, the Privacy Commission, uh, named Frank Robin. Um, Essentially, they said that he had too many parallel roles at the Data Protection Authority, which compromised its independence and its ability to scrutinise the government. So Robin is a very well-known figure in, in the Belgian civil service. He's very highly respected. He's credited with having played a, a strong role in, in, in modernising the country's public services, especially its, its health service and its uh, social security system by setting up exchange systems for social security data. The problem, according to Derep and Jasper, was that uh, he was simultaneously an advisor to the Data Protection Authority. He was also the head and founder of something called the Crossroads Bank for Social Security, which manages social secu- exchanges of social security data between different bodies. He was also the head and founder of the country's e-health platform. 
And he was also the CEO of a, a non-profit company called Smalls, which was set up uh, specifically to provide IT services mm. to the government. And Nicholas, so there's no doubt that he was actually involved in all of these companies. So it's just a, a question of whether or not this involvement amounted to a conflict of interest, right? Correct. I mean, I should say there was only one company in there, and it's and it's a non-profit company that exists solely to serve the government. So it's nobody's suggesting that this guy has shadowy commercial interests here. It's simply that his multitude of positions within the Belgian state compromise his role because part of the DPA's job is to scrutinize the state as an independent authority. Um, now, I should also add that he says in his defense that he always recused himself from discussions at the DPA uh, that dealt with health data or social security data, which in his opinion eliminated any conflict of interests. Uh, Jespan and Derep don't see it that way. Now, that's where it started, and that sounds like a very simple problem, but for quite complicated reasons over the period of the next year or two, uh, the relations among the five directors broke down very badly. And eventually, Jasper and Derep began writing letters of complaint to the Belgian parliament and to the European Commission. By that time, they were no longer just complaining about uh, Frank Robin. They also accused David Stevens, who was one of the five directors and also the president of the authority of essentially running a campaign of harassment against them in defense of Frank Robin. David Stevens denies that vehemently, but essentially we have two problems here. We have a fairly straightforward accusation of conflicts of interest, and we also have what were clearly deeply hostile personal relations between the five directors of the authority. They did not get along. Um, there was um, an investigation by the Belgian Court of Audit, uh, which, well, audits public sector institutions in Belgium, that found that the relationship among the directors was having an impact on the DPA's ability to do its work. So that's essentially what happened. And the culmination of it was at the end of last year, Alexandra Jaspar resigned in protest and then this year in July, David Stevens and Charlotte Drep were both fired by the Belgian parliament. Uh, they're both contesting that now in different courts. So, Nicholas, just to be absolutely clear here, were the divisions among the members, were they uh, strictly along language lines or was there more to it than that? Well, they were strictly along language lines, although it was not a debate about language politics. And, you know, I've, I've spoken to all of the people involved in this and, you know, none of these people are bigots. None of them <laughs> harbour any sort of prejudices in that regard, as far as I can tell. And yet it did fall along language lines. Uh, you, among the five directors, uh, you essentially had uh, Derep and Jasper, the two French speakers on one side. On the other side, you had David Stevens, uh, who is the, the Flemish president of the authority, or was before he was fired, uh, and Hilke Heimans, who is a, a Dutch national but has lived in Belgium for a very long time. Uh, there was also a, 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 a third Dutch speaker, Peter van den Ende, who was largely stayed out of this um, and didn't want to talk to me uh, for this story. Uh, so there's not a great deal we can say about him. But in terms of the other four, the split was along language lines and many people within the Belgian press allege that Frank Robin was protected by 
ties to Flemish politicians, particularly to the uh, the Christian Democrat and Flemish party, which is a, a centre-right party in Belgium. So the other issue here is that they're alleging that political patronage played a big role here. And this, this is something that comes up quite a lot in, in Belgian allegations of political patronage. So once you start talking about links to politicians, you're automatically in the game of language politics simply because that is how Belgian politics is organised. There are Francophone parties and there are Flemish parties, and that's just how it works. Okay, so we have the members of the Data Privacy Authority who are obviously not getting along. Uh, what are the ramifications of that breakdown among uh, the members of the authority? I mean, does this whole episode cast a shadow over the enforcement of the GDPR in Belgium, or is it really just a, a cosmetic, sort of typically Belgian political scandal that's unlikely to resonate beyond that, in your view? So this is a question that I've put to a lot of different people over uh, a period of almost a year now, and the, the most frequent answer that I get is that it casts a shadow over the DPA's ability to scrutinise the public sector and the government. I haven't really heard anybody suggest that conflicts of interest are having an effect on the DPA's ability to scrutinise the private sector. Uh, MLEX readers might know that there is a very high profile uh, case involving targeted advertising in Belgium. Um, uh, the IAB case, that, you know, that, that was a very high profile decision by the Belgian DPA. So it, it's, it's quite clear that the, the Belgian DPA is quite happy to pursue uh, alleged breaches of the GDPR in the private sector. The question is, can it scrutinise the government? However, there is one caveat to that, which is even if its independence is not compromised with regard to the private sector, the other question is whether all the chaos is having an impact on its ability to get its job done. Um, and on that, there are differences of opinion. Um, we should say now that even though the feud appears to be over simply because everyone who was involved in it is gone. There are now only three directors at the top of the authority, uh, which means there is a lingering question over its capacity. But the, the conflict of interest concern was exclusively about public sector. Okay, so the next question is, is this simply a problem with the privacy authority or is there a broader issue about the management of data and data privacy in Belgium? Bureaucrats, civil servants using political ties to get ahead and swapping favours with politicians is actually kind of normal here. This is, this is what I've been told. Uh, one person who, who didn't want to be named uh, said that it was commonplace, accepted and normal for officials to do this. And this blew up at the Data Protection Authority because the Data Protection Authority, as a matter of European law, has to be independent in order to do its job. But that doesn't mean the DPA is alone in having problems with political patronage, if you see what I mean. Now, whether or not that's a problem in the rest of the Belgian government, I, I'm not sure it's really for me to say. I'm, I'm not Belgian and I don't think it's up to me to tell them how to organise their country. You know, they've they've managed uh, to keep it together for quite a long time. But this is what I hear: is that you know, that this is just how it works. That uh, politicians and bureaucrats form cosy relationships. I should say I was also told that it's it's not universal. People can succeed in the Belgian civil service without political ties, but uh, it's much more difficult. 
And Nicholas, as for the European Commission, how did it get involved? After Alexandre Jaspar and Charlotte de Rep sent their letter of complaint to the European Commission, the Commission investigated and it ultimately sent a formal legal warning to Belgium saying that unless all conflicts of interest at the DPA were resolved, Belgium would have to face the European courts because it is a legal requirement of the, D- of the GDPR that data protection authorities be independent. And that put the Belgian government in a bit of a bind because it did not have the power to remove anyone at the DPA. That's a decision for the parliament. Now, the way this part of the story was resolved eventually was Frank Robin of his own accord resigned. He said that he did not want to be the reason Belgium got dragged through the European courts, though he maintained that he did not believe that he posed a problem for the DPA's independence. Uh, there was also one other figure uh, called Bart Perniel, who had, he was also an advisor to the DPA, and he had a parallel role on another body called the Information Security Committee. Uh, he resigned that parallel role. So he remains at the DPA, but he's no longer on the Information Security Committee. And those two resignations resolved matters as far as the European Commission was concerned, um, and as far as that specific legal dispute was concerned. What it didn't solve was the very bad relationship among the directors of the DPA, which continued to be a problem for uh, Belgium, Um, for the Belgian parliament until this summer when it ultimately decided to fire both uh, David Stevens and Charlotte de Rep. Now, as you've just mentioned, the GDPR is in fact EU regulation. It's not Belgian national uh, regulation. And so I think what we're seeing here is in a way the contamination of of an EU, uh, an expression of EU policy by sort of very Belgian political priorities. So are there any lessons here for other EU member states in how they approach EU regulation? Yeah, so on the face of it, this story is parochially Belgian. Um, and you know, readers who, who go and look at the piece that uh, we've published on this, which is available publicly outside the paywall, you know, will see that it's, it's full of parochially Belgian details. And yet, uh, this is a European regulation that we're talking about, and it's a European regulation that depends on national enforcement and was derailed by local politics. And that's not uniquely Belgian. Spain, for example, uh, has had great difficulty in choosing a new director for its data protection authority. Slovenia hasn't even implemented the GDPR. The GDPR is still not in Slovenian law. So there are local obstacles, uh, national obstacles, I should say, in multiple different European countries. I think what it shows is that enforcing or making laws at the level of a continent like Europe uh, is not the same as making a national law, because these laws have to be enforced in 27 countries with varying political cultures and and constitutional arrangements. Uh, I think that's what this story underlines, um, is you don't just make a law at EU level and then go, hey, we've got a law now, Um, everything's fixed. All right, so final question, is it all over or is there more drama to come? So first of all, both David Stevens and Charlotte de Rep, who were, who were fired in July, are challenging their dismissals. Uh, they're doing so in different courts. David Stevens is going to the, the Council of State, um, which is the country's highest administrative court. 
Charlotte de Rep is pursuing her case in a lower court, um, the, the court of first instance. Uh, I don't know how those are going to play out. That could be a very lengthy process. The other question, of course, is you know, with or without those two individuals, uh, is it over at the DPA? Uh, at least for the authority itself, things are calm now, but you know, they're two directors short. And what Derep and Jaspar say is that you know, this is the result of a, of a systemic problem in Belgium. Um, and you know, there's no sign of any systemic change. So if they're correct, this is a problem that could occur again. Um, but I would say for now, it does look like it's over as far as the authority goes. Nicholas, this has been a really interesting story. Thank you so much for covering it for us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Nicholas Wallace is an MLEX journalist covering data privacy and security from Brussels, and he's the author of a fine piece of reporting and analysis on the upheaval at Belgium's DPA, which, as Nicholas mentioned, has been released from the paywall and is ready for you to read and enjoy. Our website address is mlexmarketinsight.com. That's M-L-E-X marketinsight.com. Just click on the News Hub tab for all of the latest news and analysis from MLEX reporters around the world. And our subscribers who may be interested in finding out more about the Belgian DPA and some of the work it has been carrying out can simply click on our portfolio of work relating to GDPR enforcement in Belgium. It's all there. It's been chronicled meticulously by our